0: So. And Bergeron a
1: one-timer! Same reimer, Rebound loose at the top of the crease! Richland score! Bergeron! Bergeron! In game seven! Hello out there, we're on the air, it's hockey night tonight.
0: This is the Dump and Chase Podcast with Mike Grinnell. The
1: milk on the bottom is colder. No, it's not. Obviously, you've never been locked overnight in a dairy storage facility. Yo, you don't even know what stupid is. It's about to get all stupid up in here.
0: Presented by ESPN New Hampshire.
1: This is your time. That's what we're here for, guys, to win. All right, welcome into episode six of the Dump and Chase podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Cornell, and today I'm joined by the fantasy hockey guru, Pete Jensen, who can be seen on the NHL network and read on NHL.com. Pete, thanks for joining me today. What's going on, oh, man? Thanks
0: so much for having me.
1: Pete, so, you know, I like that you're a fantasy hockey guru, as I like to say, and, you know, you cover fantasy hockey for NHL.com, so I really want to start there, um, You know, fantasy hockey is something that I've always loved, actually. I really started fantasy hockey before I started fantasy football. And I started at a really young age doing it on, like, Yahoo Sports when I was, like, probably 10 or 11, 10 maybe, 10 or 11 years old. And, you know, now I'm loving that, you know, the emergence of daily fantasy sports. And I know you cover, you know sites like DraftKings and and FanDuel and and in regards to, you know, the NHL. So, you know, kind of tell me how you got your foot in the door with, you know, fantasy hockey writing and and how it became, you know, a profession for you, because I I think that's a really cool profession, you know, being able to write about fantasy hockey all day.
0: Oh, well, thank you. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I kind of, I went to college at Penn State and I had a journalism background. I did some TV, some radio, some writing, a little bit of everything for local stuff and also some national stuff. And I think uh, my ability to diversify my, my uh, you know, just abilities and then getting into uh, the NHL. I I started here as a web producer and then um, I same deal. I played fantasy all my life uh, from hockey to football, a little bit of baseball. So I had that background and then just with the emergence of, and really the interest in fantasy um, it was never really something that had a fully devoted person here at NHL.com, and then um, as it as I took over and you know started contributing and doing little more year after year, it became a bigger driver of page views. And it's actually um, you know this off season it was uh, the highest read content on the site, believe it or not. So oh, wow. it's pretty crazy how uh, how much it's emerged. And actually this season we've done more than we ever have. Um, since we had a merger with MLB Advanced Media, um, I've been able to devote myself fully to it, and it's performed extremely well. And I think that that speaks to the general interest in it. And it's something really that drives everything else. I mean, if people have a fantasy team, they're more likely to sign up for NHL TV or Center Ice and follow the sport more, read more stuff on the site and news stories, as you know, pertain to fantasy. You don't just have to read regular fantasy articles, regular injuries and trades and everything like that. Just, um, continue to drive, uh, interest in fantasy and vice versa.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that the emergence, like you said, I mean, it sounds like you guys are, you know, really killing it with the website views and I think, you know, that in part is due to daily fantasy sports and you know the emergence of websites like FanDuel and DraftKings and you know, I mean, I, I love America as much as the next guy, you know, land of the free, home of the brave, but America is a greedy country, you know, they like they like to win money, they like to you know any way they can get money, they, they we want to do it, you know, so daily fantasy sports, I think. You know, it's it's basically I don't want to say legal gambling, but it's as close to it as can possibly be. So, you know, I I think, and I don't know if you agree with me on this, but di- I mean, it's it's the daily fantasy sports aspect. I mean, that that's got to be huge, right?
0: Yeah, it's definitely changed everything, and it's put more of a uh, immediate spin and reaction to different news and. Uh, as you know, being on social media, people have very strong opinions about whatever, <laughs> whatever topic
1: oh, are yeah. at hand. Especially so hockey Twitter.
0: People, yeah, and it gives people the opportunity to put their, um, you know, put their money behind their hunches or behind their feelings toward a particular game, or if they feel it's going to go a certain way, or this, they feel that this particular line has been slumping and is due for a breakout. So, from general fans who think that they um you know they know more than the next person and then you know people who take analytics involved and there's just so many ways to get involved in daily fantasy and um a lot of the time a lot of the hunches pay off so that's an opportunity to compete against fans around the world uh especially inside the country and uh if you want to play year-long leagues, you can do that. If you want to take it day at a, one day at a time, if you don't have the commitment to uh, setting your lineup every day because of work or whatnot or your schedule, you're able to stay involved and stay interested by, uh, and also invest some of your money if you feel confident in your um, ability and your knowledge of the game and knowledge of the players. What do you like better? it's tough I mean I can't I don't I play year-long fantasy I cover daily fantasy I'm not um, able to play it so I mean I'm in I'm in a lot of year-long leagues I think there's a lot of strategy involved leading up to the season where you can predict sleepers predict bounce backs I I prefer year-long probably just because I play it more um, but I think there's pros and cons to both of them. I mean, in year-long leagues right now, if you have Matt Murray and Jack Eichel and Jonathan Huberto and Jonathan Quick, I mean, you don't have much of a chance. So it's it's kind of a uh, you know, two-way sword. And there's fun parts about both of the different types of fantasy leagues.
1: Yeah. So I stick with now, you know, I used to probably up until last season, I, pl- I had probably two fantasy hockey teams every year. And Probably two, nice. three, three, two or three fantasy football teams. And last season I did four fantasy football teams way too much. And this season I, I just cut it back completely and just did two fantasy football teams and, and no fantasy hockey teams and I do a lot more daily fantasy hockey now. Okay. W- now cool. in, in regards to fantasy hockey, you know, what's the key to picking a good roster? Like in, in, in daily fantasy football, you know, I always like to go after the guys that, that play against teams like the Browns or, you know, players that, you know, are that no one else would pick and is gonna have a crazy breakout game. And, you know, I like to get very risky in daily fantasy football. And and also, you know, rule number one in, in daily fantasy football for me is always draft Tom Brady. Always that's <laughs> that's always rule number one. But it's
0: pretty good strategy.
1: And, and it pays off. It does. It does. It pays off. But you know, in hockey, you know, what is the you know key? What do you look for to to pick a good roster? Like a, like a cheap quarterback kind of thing, like in hockey. Like a you look for a cheap center. Like you know, what what do you look for?
0: I look for a cheap goalie if I'm looking for anybody cheap um, per se. Because um, on a nightly basis, it doesn't matter if the Hurricanes beat the Canucks or if the Rangers beat the. Red Wings, or you know what I mean. It's, yes,, yeah. it's, uh, you can go to an under the radar game where, and there's the surprise factor. So I think the cheaper you can spend for a goalie, the better. Um, I really like. I think uh, different than other sports where you see in basketball and, and football where guys will guys will accumulate stats uh, even if they have an off game. It's different in hockey. I mean, if you don't have a point, uh, you're probably not having a great DraftKings day. So I think it's important to get guys uh, with high shot volumes, especially um, if you're able to spend, uh, there's always value picks and center and wing. I think I like to, um, when those guys are in action, I like spending up for a Brent Burns or an Eric Carlson because those guys are going to block shots. They're going to contribute points, usually at least one a game. Both of them were very close to a point per game last season. And then they're going to pound out shots on goal And usually be worth your while um, even if they don't record a point and then you can start to stack lines around those guys and fill out your roster and um, because really if you spend up for a forward and he doesn't have a point um, unless it's like Alex Ovechkin he might have four or five shots on goal but most guys don't average uh, more than two or three shots on goal per game at most so um, it's kind of a it's a tough thing in daily fantasy hockey. To be honest, it's I think it makes it much more difficult. than yeah, playing daily fantasy football. Oh, it's or way tougher. Where at least guys are getting rebounds or blocks. You know what I mean? Just yeah, you, in
1: points. You know who's getting the ball thrown to them in the NFL? You know, there's three receivers right. and in one running back. Like you know who's getting the ball? It's it's whether a question question of whether they execute or not in hockey it's you know they have to put up the points themselves it's not it's not given to them you know
0: yeah definitely
1: so you know i i want to stay on the the daily fantasy hockey and and obviously this being a boston-based podcast in regards to the bruins you know who are some guys on the bruins that are you know good you know quality consistent daily fantasy hockey guys that you like to pick you know I know before we came on you mentioned Marchand and Pasternak you know obviously with Patrice Bergeron coming back he's probably a guy that you know I would I I would look to to add to my lineup I'm sure he's gonna be pretty expensive but and then a guy like David Backus who I'm not I'm not sure if he's expensive right now or if he's cheap but I mean he's putting up the numbers so I don't I don't really care what I have to pay for him I'd probably draft him.
0: Yeah, I think when Bergeron comes back and if Mar- and uh, Akis who came over from the Blues, if he's able to get Krejci's season back in order, that might be a little underrated line stack for this evening. And maybe moving forward, if it ends up being Bergeron with Pasternak and Marchand and those guys with how they've started the season outside of Bergeron, who's been injured, how Pasternak and Marchand have started the season makes them Widely owned players and sometimes if you're in a larger contest, you want to distinguish yourself and maybe go against the grain and that's a strategy where you could look at somebody like Backus who's been extremely productive and still moderately priced uh, and Krejci who's low priced because of uh, he's gotten off to a slow start. So yeah, I think that's a strategy as it pertains to the Bruins forwards. Tuka Rask is usually a pretty reliable goalie to pay up for. Um, uh, in terms of their defense, I think uh, those are always guys to try to incorporate to your lineup. I know Carlo's off to a good start. Zidane Ochar is not too expensive. Um, Torrey Crew plays a lot on the power play. so And that's something that you always... Power play points in DraftKings don't really count anymore, but they give you more of an opportunity and more exposure to prime scoring chances. So... That's something to look for from the Bruins defensemen um, who have been contributing points here early on.
1: Let's backtrack to Tuka Rask because Tuka Rask Mm -hmm. is is someone, especially during Bruins games, I get a lot of tweets about this guy, and and mostly Mm -hmm. negative tweets. And and I'm one who I still have confidence in Tuka Rask. Uh, It doesn't seem as though a lot of Bruins fans do. You know, overall, I know the NHL network did a, a poll this off season and, and the NHL network didn't even rank him in their top 10. Do you, do you think Tukarask is a top 10 goalie and do you think he's, you know, I know you said he, he's a consistent, you know, guy in, in kings, but you know, do you think he's good enough where he can, you know, help his team make a playoff run?
0: It's tough. I mean, the division looks pretty good, probably a little better than expected uh, right off the bat. And, um, I did not have Tuukka Rask in my top 10 fantasy goalies entering the season. I think he's capable of getting back there. The defensive concerns of the past few years certainly scare me away a little bit, but um, the Bruins are off to a good start. The offense is going. He, I have him in the same range uh, just outside the top 10 uh, as Henrik Lundqvist right now because from what we've seen of the Rangers and the Bruins so far, they're not going to have much trouble scoring the puck, which uh, off, more often than not is going to result in wins for Rask and Lundqvist, even if they don't have the best peripheral stats. So as long as Rask and Lundqvist are getting you 30 wins in a year-long league and uh, good home goalies, which you can expect from the two of them, um, I think they're in the 10, you know, 11 to 15 range among fantasy goalies with 30 wins it's just a concern with each of those guys uh the defensive uh, shortcomings of those teams and how they've gotten worse defensively in each of the past few years that's kind of what uh, separates them i believe from the top 10 conversation at least as of now
1: let's talk about you know the the future of the nhl here i kind of want to change it up from the bruins and you know, sure. Patrick Patrick Line and, and Austin Matthews both already recorded a hat-trick, and it's just, what, a week and a half into the season. I mean, they're lighting up the NHL, and, you know, last year it was Jack Eichel and Connor McDavid. You know, it's, it's a great time right now to be a hockey fan with, with all these young superstars right now in the NHL, and it seems, you know, they're starting to become some parody in the NHL, you know, each team has a few super. It seems like a, a like a star or two at least on their team. You know, you have things like you know, all these gifts and vines you can watch during the games, and you know, NHL Center Ice, and you know, there's a lot. There's a lot going on in the NHL right now, and you know, it's a great time to be a hockey fan with with all this young talent and, and all the the resources that we're able to watch it, isn't it?
0: Yeah, definitely, and these guys are. I think they're game changers. I think that it's something that appeals to the average fan more when it's high paced, uh, high event hockey. And, um, we've seen that. We saw it last night from the jets and the Leafs with Matthews and line a. that was a crazy game back and forth, even in overtime. Uh, Matthews almost scored on the, on the rush. And then line a came back the other way and yeah. won the game
1: yeah, that, was, uh, that crazy. was
0: crazy. And really, um, I've been talking a lot about this, especially with the Canadian teams and generating interest to some teams that maybe the average hockey fan in America would not normally be watching. You see with Matthews for the Leafs, Lion for the Jets, uh, Johnny Goudreau, who's very young for the Flames and also Connor McDavid from the Oilers. These are teams that are now generating a lot more attention. And um, honestly, for me, I've, been flocked to watching these games i mean i have can you nhl tv and i'm watching these games sometimes over local games in my area so um which is crazy but a no-brainer really when you see the product and the speed and the skill level and high scoring hockey it's um it's something that is beginning to trend and i think in the world cup uh, the most exciting part of the world cup from everybody i've talked to was Team North America? Oh yeah, no all question. All those guys on the same team,
1: and and I think it's I think it's great for the sport of hockey. I think the best thing, yet, I think what the NHL needs right now is the teams in Canada to thrive. And I mean, like you said, in, in Calgary you have Goudreau, and then obviously you have Austin Matthews and, and Patrick Line and then then you have a kid in Connor McDavid who. You know, in Edmonton, Wayne Gretzky said is is the best player he's ever seen at the age of nineteen. That's that's some pretty that's you know that, that's that's some pretty big you know words coming from you know the great one. And you know, do you agree with him? Do you, do you think Connor McDavid is you know the best nineteen year old ever? And and what is his ceiling? How good can he be? I mean,
0: this year alone, he could be eighty, ninety points, and. He's definitely – he seems like a generational talent. Um, I know everybody builds him as that, but he definitely – when you watch him, uh, the way he skates, he seems – I know in the season opener when they faced Brian Elliott in the Flames, he, he, had a, he had a penalty shot, and it was almost like he had confidence that he would beat Brian Elliott on that penalty shot nine times out of ten, and he just put a crazy move on him. And that's something – that level of confidence from such a young player with limited NHL experience. I mean, even last year, he only played 45 games because of the injury. So the, the team can back him up defensively and uh, around him. They have a lot of young talent, but they're in the Pacific division. So they're going to be going up against the Kings, the Sharks, the Ducks uh, for most of the season. And they're also in the Western conference with a lot of good teams like Chicago, St. Louis, Dallas, Nashville, et cetera. So it's going to be tough, uh, for McDavid to uh, continue that level of production. I know he could do it against the Canucks and the Flames and teams like that, but can he do it against the uh, top-notch teams around the league that play a bit more of a heavier game?
1: Now I, I gotta ask you about you know another young I don't want to say superstar just yet but you know an, an up and coming kid you know made a lot of noise this offseason, especially in Boston, you know local kid, Decided to go play for the Rangers, uh, one in Jimmy Veezy. And, you know, there were a lot of reports around here that, that he was going to come in, in, or he was going to stay here in Boston. Now, in regards to fantasy, daily fantasy, you know, is Jimmy Veezy a, a good pickup in, in daily fantasy? And, you know, in regards to him as a player, you know, what are your overall thoughts on him? And, you know, how high is his ceiling?
0: I mean this season it it seems like he's going to be playing on the third line, at least he has been so far for the Rangers. I think he's a better play in daily fantasy than a year long fantasy because any given game, if a guy is going for in the three or four thousand dollar range and is um exposed to players like Rick Nash or Kevin Hayes or Ryan McDonough, there's a chance that he can. Um, put up a point or two in any given game. So I like I like him for a cheap price in DraftKings. In terms of his overall game, right now the Rangers have ton of forward depth, and I'm not sure that he can um, emerge among the top six or top line and stick there um, because of his uh, transition from Harvard to the NHL. There's bound to be some bumps in the road. So year one, I think, ceiling, maybe 35, 40 points, and um, it remains to be seen after that, I think, uh, as any player adjusts in the NHL and has potentially strong line mates around him, VC could be a very good player in this league. He scored he scored his first goal the other day uh, at the Garden. He's generated a lot of hype from Ranger fans. And um, yeah, a lot of teams around the league are also interested in him because snubbed their teams, especially Nashville and Buffalo. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how his career develops and uh, whether he can live up to the hype.
1: I look at the Rangers, actually, and I call them the Boston Rangers because, you know, you look, they have a local kid in Chris Kreider, you know, you have Kevin Hayes, and then you have Jimmy Vesey as well. I mean, they have more Boston kids than than the Bruins or any other team in the the NHL.
0: Yeah, and they're all recent college NCAA yep. guys. So, yeah, it's it's crazy how they keep getting these guys, especially the ones that um, choose to sign with them. They're uh, yeah. they've become a destination for those type of players.
1: Exactly, and I, and I think the city plays into that, and then you know the friendships. I think the there's a lot of talk behind the behind the scenes that goes on, and you know I, I'm sure that's why Jimmy Veezy ended up in in New York. But, you know, I, I want to talk about, you know, a couple, couple more young guys that, you know, could potentially be moved this season, uh, one in or, or haven't even played a game this season, actually, either in one in, in Jacob Truba and then the other in, in Hampus Lindholm um, out in Anaheim, you know, both have yet to sign a deal yet, um, you know, which one's more likely to get a deal done? And do you see either of them being moved?
0: I mean, possibly true, but I, I, I couldn't. I don't know why the Anaheim Ducks, outside of salary cap reasons, would even consider trading Hampus Lindholm. He's a great possession guy. He was outstanding last season on the power play, even though he was on the second unit. I believe he had fifteen power play points, which is pretty good for a first. You know, there's a lot of first unit power play defensemen that don't score fifteen power play points. So I like what Hampus Lindholm has shown to this point in his career a lot more than Truba. Truba is a solid defensive defenseman, but he really has not put up many points at the NHL level thus far. I think he's been a little bit of a disappointment uh, thus far in his career. And I think Hampus Lindholm has a reason to hold out for more because of what he's proven. Uh, Truba should, uh, to be honest, I, I'm surprised he doesn't want to just get back to work with with these young, exciting Jets because they could really, especially their goalies, could really benefit from a player like that, especially that's looking to take the next step in his career. So I would think that the Jets and the Ducks will try to keep these guys. I'm surprised that these holdouts and restricted free agency situations have lasted this far into the season.
1: You know, I would love to see the Bruins get... Uh, go out and get Jacob Truva, because that's that's really exactly what that they team use, needs. Yeah, no, that's that's spot on, definitely. And, and you know, maybe if if Hampus Limholm doesn't, you know, get traded, maybe it leads to someone else getting traded. Maybe a guy like Cam Fowler gets traded, and again, another guy yeah, that was, the Bruins could use.
0: Yeah, that was the guy that was um, involved in trade rumblings over the summer, Um And Shattenkirk, who's more of an offensive guy, is entering a contract here as well. I know the Bruins don't need more offense. They need more back-end support. So maybe that wouldn't work out as well. But, uh, yeah, certainly if the Bruins can get their hands on either one of those two guys um, by maybe selling high on somebody, obviously not Pasternak, but selling high on somebody that's been overperforming to this point in the season uh, who could add something to the Jets or the Ducks, Uh, it could be a lucrative offer. So the Bruins would be smart to get involved in that conversation because it's tough uh, to find defensemen of their caliber, especially Lindholm, uh, once you finally get into the season. I know we saw a couple years ago Nick Letty was traded to the Islanders for salary cap reasons. What would it cost? Uh, That's an example.
1: What would it cost to get someone like that? out of Anaheim or, or even out of Winnipeg, for the Bruins' sake? You know, you say sell high on someone. Who Who is someone that, if you were the GM of Winnipeg or if you were the GM of Anaheim, you'd be calling up Don Sweeney and asking for?
0: I mean, for, for a defenseman like that, that you need uh, to be successful and make the playoffs, I think you could afford, with the offensive depth that the Bruins have on the blue line, I think you could afford to shop Tory Krug, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule that out. This way you're offering something uh that could help those teams immediately, especially in Winnipeg, if you add Tory Krug to their uh power play mix potentially and then you can get
1: some He's a locker room guy too. I
0: would take Yeah, I would take that. If I were the Bruins, I would do that. I would do Tory Krug for Tampa's Lindholm if if the Ducks were interested in that and you know, maybe you'd have to get a little bit more back from the Jets if you were going to shop Tory Krug, but that's all speculation. I mean, we'll see what they could put together. But I would, I would try to get try to get my hands on Hampus Lindholm if at all possible.
1: Wait, so you think it would if they sent Tory Krug to the Jets? You think they could get Jacob Truba in more?
0: Potentially, really, I, I wouldn't be surprised.
1: See, I, I would think it would cost, and and you you're much more more informed than I am, and I I would just think that it would cost you know the Bruins, Tori Krug, and you know a a second or third round pick to get a guy like Jacob Truba here. Am I wrong? Yeah, I
0: mean it really depends on what the demands of the other team are. Yeah, you know, it, it I could see them if they value Truba that much. Um, I'm surprised again that Truva is not on the ice for the Jets right now. So
1: yeah, that's, that's anything because
0: anything's in the realm of possibility at this point if if they're not on the same page, the organization and the player.
1: So I, I, I wanna switch it up here and I, I mm-hmm. do I wanna go back to we'll we'll stay on the Bruins a little bit and you know, switch to the offense really and you know, guys like, like Martian and and Pasternak and and David Backus and and even Zdeno Chara on defense. Do you think you know they're performing at at a high level right now? And and I, I think it's in part to the World Cup of Hockey. You know, it, it lets them play a competitive level of hockey before the season starts. Um, I'm worried though. I'm worried about a guy like Zdeno Chara lasting the whole season after playing in a you know a eight-game tournament or however many games he played to to start off the the season in at, at a high level almost a playoff atmosphere and so just what are your overall thoughts on you know players playing in the World Cup of Hockey before the season and do you think that's why these guys are you know kind of off to a hot start right now
0: yeah definitely especially Marsha I and mean, Marsha had a career year last year and goals and shots on goal and then gets to play with Crosby and Bergeron in the World Cup, and then um, with how Marchand has kicked off the season, even without Bergeron, it's almost, to me, it's more impressive than anything he's done in his career because he always came off to me and the average uh, hockey fan as being a product of Patrice Bergeron, and he's clearly not. He's clearly taken that next step in his career, and I think the World Cup had a lot to do with it. Uh, the injuries in the World Cup have been concerning, um, from Matt Murray uh, to guys like Bergeron. Crosby, I, I
1: too, know, with the concussion, right?
0: Yeah, Crosby, uh, you know, they said it happens at practice, but who knows? It's, yeah, it's, I don't um, know about that. Yeah, it's, it's something that um, he was playing at a high level against stiff competition around the world, and... Um, there's the injury factor, which is a negative thing, but um, you hate to see guys um, miss time in the NHL for the teams that they play for uh, just in order to compete at the international level. But I think it's something that the players love. Uh, the players get excited about. The players were getting heated in those games. They, they love playing for their countries, and I can definitely respect that. So it's something that um, continues to be something that the league and the Players Association uh, have to walk the fine line with, and, uh, but it really uh, it boils down to uh, the interest at the international level and um, how much pride these guys have for their countries, and also being able to, if they do stay healthy, get into the NHL season um, in game shape, in mid-season form.
1: And we've talked about David Pasternak, and we, we've we've mentioned him a few times here, and you know how how he did play in the World Cup, and how he has been fantastic so far this season. But can, do you think this can hold up? Do you really like? Because because with Pasternak, and we know he has the talent. That's the thing. From day one, since since he's got here, when when we watched him at rookie camp, we knew the talent was there. But it's just bringing it every night. You know, back checking when he's supposed to. You know, being in the right spot when he's supposed to. You know what? Do you think Pashineck can can make that jump? Can he make that jump to be a you know elite winger, a a 30 goal scorer?
0: I mean, the Bruins have a lot of offensive depth, so especially with Bergeron coming back, so how he mes- meshes with Bergeron, uh, how much time he earns on the power play are crucial uh, to his long-term fantasy value, especially this season whereas whether he goes from a a guy that you might want to sell high on now. I personally would not sell high on him. Um, I think that Pasternak, yeah, just being so young and having so much skill, he's uh, he has a chance to finish among the top fifty overall players for sure, um, as long as he can he continues to see first unit power play action and works as well with Bergeron as he did uh, through the first few games with David Backus and. If he's better with Bacchus, uh, does he stay with Bacchus and split up with Marshawn Bergeron? It'll be interesting to see, no question.
1: And and Marshawn as well. I mean, do you think do you think this can keep up with him?
0: As long as he keeps the high shot volume and yeah. puts himself, you know uses his physicality to continue to create space for himself,
1: because I mean, um, from a fantasy uh, perspective, he's up there in you know a top. I think he's the third most expensive or second second most expensive winger right now on DraftKings.
0: Yeah, he's always been a guy that last year I was hesitant to spend that much for, but the longer he keeps this going, the more you can yeah, to see him more expensive than Bergeron is is pretty crazy and um yeah, I think he's a guy that definitely can keep it up because we've now seen it. Last year was no fluke with Brad Marchand and he's showing it, he's coming up coming back with the same level of intensity and same uh demeanor. This year, as he had last year, and I think the World Cup just added to that.
1: So we'll, we'll, we'll leave it right there, uh, Pete. Thank you for joining me. You can watch Pete on the NHL Network, read his stuff at NHL.com, and follow him on Twitter at NHL Jensen. Is that correct, or is it Jensen NHL? Yes, yeah, NHL
0: Jensen. NHL Jensen. Yeah. Thanks a lot for having me on
1: do great work with the podcast and uh yeah pleasure talking i really appreciate it pete and uh you know have a good one and and, uh everyone can uh listen in on itunes subscribe on itunes listen in on espnnh.com we'll be back next week for another episode as always this is the dump and change